All rights were gained to this podcast show production. The Vatican has welcomely dismissed a conservative bishop due to the fact that Catholicism expresses conservative values, meaning that all conservative bishops can get the hell out of the Vatican and every parish can follow suit because it's deeply and definitely what John Calvin meant when he said there must be a reformation and what Arthur Millington meant when he said a priest is the God-bearer and Christ-bearer, a living Eucharist and divine presence, which thoroughly and realistically translates to every single priest that Pope Francis elects to the rank of bishop or of the priesthood should bless same-sex couples who are riding naked on unicycles while also riding naked on unicycles while giving the blessing of same-sex couples riding naked on unicycles in front of families in broad daylight. This comes as a complete shock, especially ever since the priest by the name of Joseph E. Strickland, whose last name some people might confuse with the local global retail product line giant, stood his ground and decided not to succumb to the breaking of Catholic tradition, which in the eyes of Pope Francis is complete utter blasphemy, reinterpreted by Pope Francis and taught by the Holy Roman Catholic Church ever since 1870, which is the exact same thing as 33 AD, while also being Jesus. They emailed back and forth on Gmail, where the Pope invited him to a steak dinner at the Vatican before shaking his hand and telling him to leave, decently similar to when you're at a comedy club talking to a famous comedian and he wants you to leave him alone forever because you disagree on traditional politics and he doesn't know who you are, why you are for some reason obsessed with criticizing his work, why you don't know each other, why the celebrity is your boss and just happens to be the final say over the whole of Catholicism, why Protestants cover their ears and act disinterested, while singing church songs that only have a chorus for some reason. In a weird turn of events from a couple of months ago in the presidential race, which keeps making people lose faith in the government every 45 seconds, and possibly do anything else like watch Michigan football college sports cheat in a less obvious way, but still as completely of an obvious way as the Patriots football team all the time, or perhaps drinking an entire six-pack of the strongest Irish stout you can find because you just bet your house mortgage money on the recent Michigan versus Penn State game in favor of Penn State and are still regretting your decision because they cheated. A new candidate has attempted to replace Biden and somehow I'm not making this up. Marianne Williamson, who kind of sounds like that ex-corporate manager that fired you back in the day because you were on your phone for 45 seconds, because you bet your rent money on the Colts versus Patriots AFC Championship game where they deflated footballs in favor of the Colts because you thought $200 in free bets is somehow a good thing, who is a spiritual author and spiritual guru, is running for president now because the first female president would definitely be best as long as she's a spiritual guru practicing the same New Age spirituality, simultaneously similar to every cult that tried to blow up the whole universe half the time, or just devoted to occultism, which is what the Founding Fathers had in mind when they said, Religion and good morals are the foundation of public liberty and happiness, while adding in parentheses, only practices that mirror Beelzebub, Moloch, and the Lords of Darkness which also is definitely what deists of America's founding had in mind when they said no man who has ever held the office of president would congratulate a friend in obtaining it, which roughly translates to make sure to check your crystals for who should be president, which by the way is me, and by the way I've written a couple of books that you should congratulate me for. Oprah Winfrey, who she also worked for at the time, 
said that being a spiritual guru isn't as good as buying one of her books, even though she's a non-religious individual who has also been on spiritual shows nearly every time she releases one. Which means being a spiritual guru as the President of the United States is the best thing ever. If you interpret spiritual guru to mean non-religious billionaire who can pull off the same suit that perhaps a president might wear, if she was cosplaying a spiritual guru who writes books while simultaneously ripping off people after a worldwide tragedy. Pope Francis then said, good, good, in a Chancellor Palpatine Star Wars voice, while seated on the Catholic throne eating a steak dinner with a couple of newly appointed cardinals, riding on a unicycle naked, blessing same-sex couples riding on unicycles completely naked, blessing other same-sex couples riding on unicycles completely naked, blessing same-sex couples riding on a unicycle completely naked. Which, of course, was praised by every single green pea-carried leftist, calling themselves Catholic, but still somehow angry about a pope from 955 AD in Rome having strippers at the Vatican, which supposedly supports their position if you don't take them seriously, while possibly protesting by riding on unicycles completely naked. This is the Rights Perspective Pod. Thank you so much for listening today to the Rights Perspective podcast show. Fantastic speaking to you today on this very, very important Sunday. One quick reminder in case you are a podcaster, but you just simply don't know where to put your work online, Anchor.fm is a great place, and they just link to a Spotify, so you can put it on Anchor, and you can also put it on Spotify for free, so that can double your audience approach. It is extremely helpful, it's what I do, and later on I will also be on another uh, podcast platform with a new show show later on, but I will leave that for January. But anyhow, if you go on anchor.fm, it will be linked with Spotify and you can completely 100% put your work on Spotify for podcasters where everyone can hear your voice. Now let's get to the show. It's extremely realistic to say that if there was any time that the Vatican was being rigged to stand in a negative way towards conservatism, it would be now in our current day. Even the statement of the real Gabriel Amorath, who stated that there was a great evil in the Vatican walls, was anything but an understatement, and it's 100% realistic today. The most well-documented aspect of the Vatican archives that can potentially start to begin to look like it was trying to be hidden for some reason, has appeared over and over and over again in broad daylight as Pope Francis continues to over and over and over and over and over again contradict himself on gay marriage and what tradition really means. Of course, obviously the Vatican Archives has been used for historicity purposes and it has not originally been intended to hide much of anything. But currently, we're seeing a pope that continues to not at all want to have any persistent theological reasoning for half of anything he says when it's political, which, of course, is an extremely huge problem. 
Pope Francis again has appeared to over and over and over again contradict himself on gay marriage and what tradition t- truly means and now as within these past two to three years continue to wage war with conservatives when he should be waging a war against everything that's trying to control the Vatican from the inside out and the outside in while of course potentially affecting all of the other churches around the surrounding area that are within the rights of the Reformation and are thus within the historical context somewhat of Catholicism. As we have continued to see as other Presbyterian churches that of course are an outbreak from the Reformation are now starting to have leftist idolisms in their theology as well. However, there's a brand uh, new and at the same time old action resurfacing that we've seen ever since the earlier days of the church in America, Europe, and the UK, considering the problem of gay clergy and marriage. And of course, as I said before, this is restructuring all these other church statements, and it's restructuring literally all of the church theology as a whole, to where you can't be 100% completely sure what they truly, truly stand for whether they truly stand for abortion, whether they truly stand for gay activism and gay homosexuality-related marriage in the church, or whether they even stand for whether or not spirituality is an actual real thing, which, of course, as you know, if you've heard this show, is a big problem of mine when it comes to Reformation churches completely leaning in the eyes of cessationism. Now, on the remaking of the church structure when it comes to homosexuality, obviously we are not meant or called to cast people out of the church the same way that we would cast demons out of an individual human being through the rite of exorcism. But at the same time, Catholicism has a completely instructed and strict methodology as to how to deal with homosexuality instead of just accepting it as a whole. Now, quoting here from the doctrine of the actual Catholic Church, the doctrine of the Catholic Church instead asserts that, quote, the Catholic Church seeks to enable every person to live out the universal call of holiness. Persons with homosexual inclination ought to receive every aid and encouragement to embrace this call personally and fully. This will avoidably involve much struggle or unavoidably involve much struggle and self-mastery of following Jesus, which always means following the way of the cross. The sacraments of the Eucharist and penance are the essential sources of consolation and aid in this path. And clearly, it really does, in fact, come down to that. It comes down to the unfortunate factor where the Catholic Church continues to lose sight of all three of these. They have penance as a constitution or a constitution Catholic right, but at the same time they are considering different sins within the Catholic Church to not need penance anymore by fully embracing and fully accepting these sins as facts within the Catholic faith to be completely accepted. At the same time, other churches within the Reformation rites and other churches all over the place are even for the for the longest amount of time, it appears, they're throwing off the Eucharist. People seem to just be using the Eucharist due to the fact that it's in-church theology, 
but they aren't actually applying it in church theology. And at the same time, even the right of confession is particularly being ignored. That is, the right of confession when it comes to homosexuality, but apparently the right of confession amounts to everything else and it actually helps everything else be forgiven. There's a continuous lie in the Catholic faith now that confession is, in, a, in, in other words, it is hate speech or it's hateful especially when it comes to homosexual doctrine, and especially when it comes to other sins that the Catholic Church is currently accepting. It's as if encountering someone on their mistakes in of itself is hateful enough. And people are continuously reinterpreting hatefulness to mean encountering. And people are continuously interpreting forgiveness to mean judgment. Judgment in the way that you both are encountering their problems in a way where you hate the individual human being versus hating the sin. It's really this continuous and extremely explicitly simple methodology that pretty much every single human being who's an adult now who was raised in the church understands from all the way back in the day. You don't hate the person, you hate what they're doing. As a result, you want to remove what they're doing so that they can be a better person. It's really that simple. It's extremely that simple. And as the Bible clearly states, when those who are burdened are burdened, they should seek Christ. With, quote, come all who are burdened and I will give you rest. This is literally in the Catholic rites of confession. It's literally in Catholicism. You are meant to receive rest. And that's another thing being completely attributed to life in full, but in the way that sinfulness is supposed to give you rest, instead of being forgiven. We're supposed to receive forgiveness for our sins, not, see, not seek praise for our sins. Yet, the actual Catholic Vatican is continuing to get that confused. There's a recent story that somehow, for some reason, the Catholic Vatican has stated that it is completely 100% okay, completely 100% okay to baptize transgender people. Now, if you know me, you 100% know my views on this. The classic ideology that trans people technically don't exist just because the trans ideology doesn't technically exist. It's really just a confused statement. But there's some things here that are throwing conservatives and leftists through a loop, and they're confusing legitimately everyone when the Vatican says this, that transgender people can be baptized. And this is, again, pushing the continuous ideology, that baptism no longer means to be sanctified. It simply means being celebrated as a human being. It's almost like a birthday as an adult. When you're celebrating the fact that you've lived another year, you're celebrating the fact that you're currently having a good life, you're currently having good health. But baptism does not mean that. Baptism is a complete wholehearted, <clears throat> complete wholehearted position that you are saying you belong to Christ, 
and you are saying that you are retrieving from, from your sins absolutely nothing, and you're in fact throwing your sins off. But baptism doesn't mean the same anymore. Now baptism means that you are just simply affirming every sin that you've ever done, and therefore that sin makes you. Not only who you are, but it just makes you whole. Now your sins make you whole, instead of the water washing the sins away. And already, a lot of people in churches don't even adhere to the actual systematic thought process that the water is meant to be symbolic and literal. Churches nowadays don't even look at it as either. Churches nowadays sometimes even refrain from talking about the reality of baptism. That's mostly within the leftist churches, sadly. And it's beginning to spread even into some conservative-related churches. And really, it is no better for people to not only not look at baptism as important, but if you are baptizing people as a result of their sin, it's just simply explicitly not the context. Imagine doing that in anyone else's culture. Imagine walking into an African village. Imagine walking into any other type of tribal village or walking into Jordan in the Middle East. Imagine walking into any type of culture whatsoever and changing the norms, changing the literal systematic symbolism of their practices. To not only mean sin or not only mean what is considered negative in their culture, but imagine changing it so that it simply symbolizes you. It wouldn't work in any type of scenario, and absolutely no tribe or no nation would therefore accept it. But we're continuing to do that today. We're continuing in a downward spiral with the help of the Pope to in a downward spiral that claims we are gods. Of course, Baptism is meant to represent that we are not gods, but we are sanctified by God by our decisions and our choices. We have to actually fully understand our own choice. Are we wanting to be a god, or are we wanting to be saved by God? Quite honestly, the priesthood was always meant to reflect conservatism. That's how it was stationed. That's how it was actually implied. And the whole of the priesthood was meant to be conservatism as well. There was no real want back in the day to make the priesthood liberal, or to make the priesthood a servant of Satan and a priesthood a servant of homosexuality. Of course, we are to love those who disagree with us, but we cannot baptize people into sin. We must baptize people out of it. You know, whenever I drink coffee, I always drink Black Rifle coffee because not only is Black Rifle coffee good, but it kicks out the irritating early morning, Monday morning coffee and replaces it with complete taste and flavor. Black Rifle coffee was started 
by a military family and continues to bless our military while supporting our military. Make sure to go online and drink Black Rifle Coffee to kick the Monday morning coffee out of your morning. So in another story, and honestly this is one of the most hilariously strange things I've ever seen, or perhaps depending on where you stand on whether this is hilarious or not, it might be just completely baffling and horrendous, another horrendous thing for you to be stressed about within your holiday season, but apparently in Wisconsin, city employees have been instructed to avoid religious holiday decorations, quote from Fox News in a public building report. So essentially, they are not allowed to put up any religious holiday-related Christmas decorations. This is an actual thing. You would assume that this is literally some strange Hollywood idea, like a director thought, it would be hilarious if we actually stunted this whole thing and we staged some scenes and made it seem as if Christmas was outlawed, maybe make it some sort of comedy, some sort of new comedy show or one of those irritating comedy-related you know, shows late at night that absolutely zero people watch. But no, this is an actual thing. Somehow, somehow this was real. And it was linked to uh, Twitter by a number of Twitter feeds, but at the same exact time, it apparently was released after a link online. It's released through a linked email, and yet at the same time, it was meant for the entire state. So, of, of course, that makes a lot of sense. But off of Twitter, and I'm just getting it from Wisconsin right now, which of course is a perfect name to go alongside of um, Ohio right now, if that's also a Twitter feed. But it was instated by a woman by the name of Melissa Wes, which of course, I guess sort of sounds like a woman who would do this, I don't know. I don't know, one of those corporate people that wants to completely control the holidays for some reason. Uh, it's completely insane. It's been described as completely insane. So I will just read the whole of the email and and you guys out there can just listen and perhaps, I don't know, laugh in your car in the middle of the parking lot where you're currently eating lunch or currently on break or wherever you're hearing the show. It says, in Act 2 City Employees, as the holiday season approaches, Mr. Archambo and I ask that you take some time to reflect on our commitment to create a welcoming and inclusive environment for all residents and visitors to our buildings, as well as all our co-workers. At City Hall in particular, December is our busiest month of the year, with many residents visiting in person to pay property tax bills. We strive to ensure that every visitor to our buildings feels valued and respected, regardless of their individual beliefs and traditions. Currently, Christmas decorations are prevalent throughout public uh, counters at City Hall and perhaps other buildings as well. While we understand the significance of this holiday and, and the significance of this holiday is for many, it is important to recognize that not all Watatosha uh, employees, I think that's what it is, residents or business owners celebrate Christmas. In our ongoing efforts to foster a more 
equitable and inclusive community, we believe it's critical to be considerate of how we decorate public spaces during the holiday season. To that end, we kindly ask that departments refrain from using religious decorations or solely associated with Christmas, such as red and green colors. When decorating public spaces within city buildings, instead we encourage you to opt for more neutral and inclusive decorations that celebrate the season without favoring any particular faith belief system. Here are a few suggestions. Winter Wonderland, snowflakes, snow people, and other religious symbols associated with winter. Snow people, what? Uh, lights and greenery, festive lighting and greenery can create a warm and welcoming atmosphere without specific religious connotations. Northern lights draw inspiration from the Aurora Borealis and incorporate colors like blue, green, and purple. Above all, our goal is to foster inclusivity and respect. Your creativity can play a significant role in helping us reach that goal by embracing inclusive decorating decorations. We can reinforce our commitment to being a more equitable or equitable and welcoming place for all people who live in this county. And then it just goes on to try and support this in the best way possible. And uh, thanks everyone for, you know, doing their, their part in being robots, I guess. But this is... This is insanely bizarre. You, of course, would expect that this would come out of, you know, the office or something, or Parks and Recreation. This literally sounds like it was written and pitched for that particular show. Like, as soon as the office comes out with their new whatever they're planning, if they're still planning it, this would be like, I don't know, their first episode pilot, their first episode idea. I guess, to be released right next to the Hallmark Christmas specials that also no one's watching. But uh, imagine that in the beginning, in the beginning of the email. Imagine this. Imagine that you're being told not to celebrate a holiday that you've celebrated ever since you were like, what, like 10 years old or younger. Imagine that you've celebrated that this whole entire time. And you're being told that you shouldn't celebrate it because people are trying to pay property taxes that they don't want to pay. That's like that's any reason to not celebrate a holiday. That's that's like celebrating the end of school by taking five exams. That after school is done. It makes absolutely no sense. No one celebrates by wanting to do property taxes. They're, they're literally making property taxes into a holiday. And th they're against... They're against holiday colors, somehow. Well, well here's the question. If, if colors can mean anything, and colors are extremely deeply offensive, especially greenery, then shouldn't you want to just, I don't know, destroy all the trees in the whole universe. But, of course, that would go against their whole global warming thought process, so you can't do that. Can't do that, right? Festive lighting and greenery can create a warm and welcoming atmosphere without specific religious connotations. So the issue with that is that it's just simply false. You 100% cannot do that. At, at the very least... And, and really, this is this is the most obvious thing because everyone likes to celebrate some sort of specific holiday. Everyone likes to celebrate some sort of specific 
some sort of specific religious related thing I, I don't really think there's technically non-religious people that really exist because you have to have some sort of purpose in essence within your thought but if you if you don't take greenery to mean Christmas then the only other thing you can mean by it is some sort of Greek cultism that's all you can really reference either that or just a worship of nature which is partially what they did so it's, that's all you can do you have to worship something so they're a hundred percent not making sense by anything they say here and as for the northern lights draw inspiration from the aura borealis and incorporate colors like blue green and purple so the problem with that is that worshiping the northern lights that's still a spiritual aspect the Greeks worshiped to a degree the stars they worshiped spirits and gods associated with divination of the stars so that's still a spiritual aspect so quite clearly Miss Melissa here is not only sending a embarrassing email to the whole of the world but she's also showing how she doesn't even have a high school education level knowledge of religious studies. She She's trying to make everyone non-religious in every way by incorporating religion. Because of course that makes complete utter sense. Even the, even the ideology of building up buildings is still religious. The whole of that is still a religious connotation because Rome was religious and built coliseums that stood the test of time for thousands of years. We have over 2,000 year old coliseums that are still around. And we've even used some of the architecture of other people groups for our buildings. Most people don't know that, but we've, we've used the past concepts materials and thought process to build our buildings from religious communities. Because of course, even Neanderthalic people built their buildings with religious connotations. Within the structures next to caves and whatever whatnot, there's still there's still inscriptions, there's still paintings, there's still to some extent a religious connotation there. So if you're expecting to not have religion out of architecture, then you, you probably just haven't been to Europe, or you probably just haven't been to the whole of the world. Perhaps you're sitting in a basement somewhere just not going outside, because that's that's the only way. That's the only way you can possibly not have religion within architecture, not have religion within culture. It's completely bizarre. Perhaps, perhaps Wisconsin might want to try to make Hallmark movies in the near future. I'd honestly want to see that. So as of November 15th, there is a brand new church to leave the UMC. There's a brand new church to leave the United Methodist denomination. And as it turns out, it's one of those types of churches that is made fun of horrendously about every 30 seconds. Turns out, as report from cbnnews.com, mobile megachurch, 
Mobile Megachurch latest among 6,935 churches to leave the UMC. One of the largest United Methodist UMC congregations in Mobile, Alabama, along with seven other United Methodist churches officially disaffiliated from the United Methodist Church on Sunday amid the ongoing debate over ordaining gay clergy in a homosexual marriage. The United Methodist Church has been accelerating its moves to become more accepting of LGBTQ lifestyles despite biblical prohibitions, leading to deeper divisions and more departures from the denomination. So that is just such a large, large, large number. Over 6,000. Over 6,000. This is truly sad, but of course it needs to happen. There is a large amount of church schism perhaps on the way with this. It's already currently been happening, but this might be the biggest church split in history since the Reformation. Over 6,000 churches. And mind you, how crazy is it that a mega church splits off? Because gener- generally, people tend to think that a mega church is the type of church that would tend to agree with this type of thing. Generally, people say that a mega church, you know, would would obviously be the worst church to go to. It would be the least biblical standard. It would be the least theological. It would be the most ridiculous looking, perhaps. Maybe they have no idea what they're talking about. Maybe they're just, you know, some, you know, jewelry wearing Nike, you know, snapback pastor or whatnot, where they're just they're just talking endlessly to the crowd about how they can be saved if they just put five thousand dollars in the uh, tithing plates. All these types of things that don't lead up to actual biblical standard. But no, somehow a mega church makes the right decision. And at the same time, with Bethel and all these other mega churches in these sexual allegation cases and lawsuits, whether or not it actually happened or not, which we know it happened with Bethel, but all these mega churches making all these extreme unbiblical connections or all these extreme unbiblical and just horrific related crimes out of all of those megachurches for some reason somehow a megachurch makes the right call on homosexuality in the church this should honestly extremely embarrass the United Methodist denomination and quite frankly it is since they're not really writing as many articles in response because they have nothing to say they have nothing to go about How do you really respond to the fact that out of a couple thousand or more megachurches, somehow a megachurch disagrees with you on a highly biblical-related problem? It should be one of the most embarrassing things to happen again since the Reformation of going against the Catholic Church's standards of unbiblical illegitimacy. It should be one of the most embarrassing things to happen in church structure. Quote, I especially want to thank those churches who have decided to remain United Methodist and those who have heard my call to refrain from holding discussions around leaving the denomination until we have more information. I appreciate your faithfulness to your call and covenant all while leading your churches in a most difficult season, the bishop added. 
So that is uh, that is the bishop that is acquainted with the uh, United Methodist Church in this article that completely disassimilated from the homosexual church ideologies. Imagine hearing that. Imagine hearing that towards you. I especially want to thank those churches who have decided to remain United Methodist. And he's discussing the churches that are actually United Methodist, that is actually united in biblical call, in the biblical calling, and in actual biblical representation. It's just about the nicest way to say we are the actual real denomination. In a sense, if the United Methodists actually stayed United Methodists and they actually st stuck to the call of wanting to pray over people with homosexual feelings and wanting to be there for people caught in homosexual sin and practicing homosexual sin, they, they would still be thought as United Methodist Church denominations. There would be no need for the global United Methodist Church if they just stayed on their prior theological decision from all the way back in the day before the early 60s when that really started to happen. But no, they, they have to turn against actual biblical standards and actual biblical calling. Nowadays, whenever you walk in a church, you should expect biblical theology to be applied. And of course, that's when you truly are united, as I've said continuously before. So in a closing story here, it appears that a number of celebrities are trying to save a Presbyterian church apparently from demolishing course in the center of New York City, probably right across the street from every other type of Broadway musical production and everything that you want to exactly adhere to a church standard particularly. Matt Damon is the latest celebrity to back a campaign to stop a New York church in need of major repairs from being demolished according to Premier Christian News. The Hollywood actor will be part of an upcoming performance that serves as a fundraiser for Performing Arts Center that rents West Park Presbyterian Church. Tickets for, quote, This Is Our Youth, unquote, show start at just over $500 and hopes that West Park can raise enough money to fix up the building. According to the New York Times, the aim is to rank or rack up more than $300,000 from the performances. So you might be asking, what exactly is this denomination-related affiliation? Well, it's the Presbyterians, or primarily the PCA, and actually that is the church that United, uh, that other United Reformed and Reformed churches broke off of, again, because of the uh, homosexual problems within the PCA. So that's extremely liberal, and we already know all these celebrities are extremely liberal in their thinking there. But I just have one question here. If all of these celebrities want this church to withstand demolition, of course there's a lot of law backed behind everything and you can't just do anything you want when there's written code and law in place. But if all of these celebrities want the church to stand, why not just buy the church? 
Why is your all of you are millionaires? Why not just buy the church? You can all put money in, you know, like a group of people all trying to pay for I don't know a bachelorette or a bachelor party or something like that. You can all just do that. You're celebrities, but of course, you should have the necessary need to, you know, maybe be quizzed on church theology first. You know, you you should mention what theology the church stands for. Maybe a little bit of history, particularly. But, of course, they probably wouldn't be able to do that because they're celebrities who have more money than they do knowledge about actual church history. But particularly here, there's an obvious reason why they want the church to stand. Of course, I'm not making any particular allegations because I don't know every part of the whole, particularly. But it appears that it's simply a financial investment. Matt Damon is obviously very rich, as he made millions upon millions after playing Jason Bourne in the Jason Bourne series, while Mark Ruffalo is at the same time very liberal and made a bunch of money from Marvel uh, movies and Marvel franchises, which is highly obvious with at least over half of those Marvel franchises not actually being worth the money. But particularly, this is a little bit of a backwards inclination. If, if the left is so upset by religious-related individuals to be all about money and, you know, religion is just a way to steal and take people's money, then why exactly are they multimillionaires? Why not pay for the church for one, but why not give up your money second? Why not, why not live as a normal person? If money doesn't affect you, then you might as well just give your money to the poor, right? You might as well give your money somewhere else. Or perhaps you could live the life of a Catholic monk. Perhaps you could live the life of an actual minister. See how hard it is compared to to particular millionaire actors and actresses. Or perhaps you could have the viewpoint and perception that the church is extremely important versus just being extremely important when it's involved in some particular financial investment. This is a reoccurring problem. Not only do actresses within all industries and actors within all industries not understand particular church theology, but it's to such a statistical likelihood that you might as well assume almost every single celebrity you come in contact with doesn't know particular theology. It's an issue today within Catholicism, and it's an issue today within Protestantism as well as other religions. But if you meet a celebrity, you might as well assume they almost know nothing because money has blinded them. This is the direct interpass between money and religion. Do you want to actually have your religion stay intact? And do you actually want to have the truth stay intact? Or do you want your money to stay intact while being rich? That's of course the implied problem within the Roman Catholic Church. That's why a lot of people aren't Roman Catholic because of the money. But at the point, 
the proponing point when you can be poor and still serve God. That's when you are, are actually rich. Now let's get to the comment section. Alright, uh, so Johnson Not Johnson says, Palpable infallibility is stupid and religion is worse. Yeah, um, so, yeah, I, I realize where your, where your name's coming from. It's actually pretty, pretty funny because they have had a lot of recalls. But no, so, palpable infallibility is human-based, so it's really not a great thing. And yes, you can actually interpret the Bible in completely wrong, unrealistic ways, as multiple popes did when that was first instated. But no, religion is not worse than palpable infallibility due to the fact that palpable infallibility is completely human and religion is not 100% human constructed. If you go all the way back in history and you think, well, where did religion really come from? Of course, you come to uh, two conclusions. Either it's God up in the uh, God up in the heavens, and there's people on earth, and God is instructing people to do things, and they don't listen, or you have a broken human race that becomes further involved in the world and multiplies, and somehow instructs ethics on their own accord. So you have to choose between those two attributes. You have to choose truly between actual, completely human chaos. Or you have to choose between godly instructed uh, reign and godly instructed ethics. And really, to answer that question, you also have to just ask where ethics really come from, because without God, ethics don't really come from anywhere. Um, what Bagel says, I feel like we're getting that's that's a weird name. What Bagel says, I feel like we're getting closer and closer to the end every single time I turn on the TV and a new cult is reaching more people than the church that has a better baseline than a conservative mega church. Yeah. I think there's there's definitely going to be thousands upon thousands of cults to form. Probably probably within every uh couple hundred or so miles there's probably going to be a cult that forms. So in the end you can basically almost tell that it's the end based on the amount of cults forming. I really think that the multitude of the world as a whole is really going to be a cult, multiple hundreds of cults in every state, and you're just simply going to have the Antichrist reigning over all of them. So it'll truly be hard in the end times, and yes, you'll really know it's the end times based on the amount of cults that are around the world, but still it'll be hard to tell. Mark 116452 says it's almost as if they get a new type of pension at these ex-Christian colleges every time they denounce the book that made them a popular Bible school. That's completely true, or potentially perhaps true. It's It could be a Christian conspiracy theory that would probably be proven true if you looked into the pension requirements and the uh, pay status uh, uh, papers. I'm not really a lawyer, so I don't really know much about that. But it's probably a new Christian conspiracy that's probably 100% true. They, they probably, they, they, there's a big likelihood that there could be the potential to pay more uh, as a result of denouncing religion. There were actually a number 
of uh, fairly recent things that shown that there were community colleges doing that, which is not a big surprise. But yeah, pretty much you will gain popularity if you denounce God, and of course you will gain heavenly dwelling if you don't. And that's our show. Thanks for listening, and take care. I will talk to you this next upcoming week. Have a safe week.